This is Dylan FM, the podcast that goes deep into the work and world of Bob Dylan. If you love Dylan, you're in the right place with your host, Craig Danuloff. When Bob Dylan released Good As I've Been To You in late 1992, it was his fifth covers album. I'm counting Bob Dylan, Self-Portrait, Dylan, and Down In The Groove as the predecessors, although three of those had at least one original song in the mix. A Dylan album full of covers is, of course, a special kind of Dylan album. When the world's best songwriter is singing the songs of others, it forces us to consider the songs, the reasons, and the message behind that choice. The common story for this album is that Dylan was not in the best personal shape, had been struggling with new songs and making records that he or anyone else or everyone else wasn't happy with, and that he was going back to these old songs, particularly a certain type of old songs, to find something or to redefine himself. It's a story that probably has some element of truth and that fits the narrative, but that is largely based on speculation. Michael Gray told us last week that he didn't really buy this narrative, and the truth is, we'll never know. But for some reason, Dylan chose these songs. And as we heard from Acacia Ryan in episode one of this season, he worked hard on them, playing take after take and mixing up the music and singing because he really wanted to get them right or present them well. Why these songs? What did Bob Dylan find in them? To think about that, the obvious thing to do is to go back and listen to the versions that came before, especially the ones where we have evidence, concrete or circumstantial, that it was likely Bob Dylan was aware of when he sat down to record. And that's what we're going to do on today's episode. Before we begin, I want to let you know that there's a longer version of this episode. We're going to make it through five of the album's 13 tracks on this version, but in the extended edition, we do all 13 songs. To get access to the longer episode, just subscribe to FM Plus. For $5 a month, you get all of the extended and bonus episodes, plus full back catalog, for a bunch of great Dylan podcasts, including Dylan FM, Pod Dylan, The Dylan Taunts, and an overview of Dylan's career that's great for new or old fans called A Bob Dylan Primer. You can sign up for FM Plus right in Apple Music on our show page, or if you don't listen in Apple Music, visit fmpods.com. As I began building playlists of early versions of all the songs on Good As I've Been To You, I consulted Michael Gray's Song and Dance Man as a guide because he researched and lays out the history of these songs and all the versions that Dylan knew or was likely to have come into contact with. Some, but not all of these versions, are available on the streaming services, as are dozens of other versions of most of these songs, going back as far as recorded music itself or as recent as this past year. If you only know these songs from Dylan's versions, listening to others, the new and the old, can offer clues to the songs and new fodder for thinking about Dylan's performances. Today we're going to hear a bunch of those covers as I talk with Ray Paget. Ray is something of a covers expert. He runs Coversongs.com, and he wrote a book called Cover Me, and is also the author of a 33 and a third book about the Leonard Cohen tribute album, I'm Your Fan. 
Ray runs the popular Substack Flagging Down the Double E's, which dives into historic Dylan Live performances, among other things. Go to dylanlive.substack.com to subscribe. But there are two other interesting things for Dylan fans about Ray. First, he has an upcoming book called Pledging My Time, which shares his conversations with over 50 band members and musicians who played on stage with Bob Dylan. And Ray is going to host a new podcast that will start this summer with us here on the FM Podcast Network. That show will be called Watching the Covers Flow and will feature Ray diving into and talking about other great versions of covers of the music of Bob Dylan. But today, let's talk more about the cover songs that Dylan sings on Good As I've Been To You. We've made playlists of all of these songs and more. Check the show notes to get the playlist for Apple Music, Spotify, and on Tidal. How do you think of these two albums and Bob and covers? Because it's funny to have a, the best songwriter in the world whenever he's doing a cover. That's interesting in and of itself, but he's great at it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like historically he's often sort of gone back to the covers well when maybe inspiration is drying up for songs. You know, in the 90s when these two albums came out, he wasn't writing much. Um, you know, there's seven years of Red Sky and I'm Out of Mind or you know, Self-Portrait or something. But yeah, he always they always seem to sort of revitalize him, you know, whether he's covering old folk songs, which obviously he does often from his very first album up through these, or or Sinatra or, you know, the various other wells he's dipped into. I mean, the interesting thing about these two albums is that he's drawing almost exclusively from these very old songs, some fairly well known and and covered a lot, some extremely obscure. Um, and in many cases, his versions make them, especially the obscure ones, more popular. You you can just track how many covers of certain songs are coming out. And like in 91, it's none. And in, you know, 93, 94, it's a few. Um, you know, one of the ones we're going to talk about is the White Stripes. And, and Jack White has said, good as I've been to you, he learned a bunch of these songs off that album. And he ended up covering three of them, two with the Stripes, one solo. And he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have covered any of them without, without the album we're, we're talking about. So I think sort of popularizing uh, these old, these old, and at this point, often very obscure songs is one of his real gifts. It, it was shocking to me. I don't know about you in researching this to find out how many covers some of these songs have, because there's some that it's got to be almost triple digits. Yeah, sitting on top of the world is like nuts. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a number of them are. It, you scroll and scroll and scroll, and there's very few that only have a few. And the other interesting thing is, I thought the diversity. I should say we're looking today at, you know, originals that in some cases go back to the 20s or maybe in the origin of the song earlier, but recordings to the 20s through things that are in the last few years. So these songs do still get covered, but almost all of them. I mean, I think the, um, it's the newest song. I'm looking at the list now. It's, oh, Hard, hard Times. I think Hard Times, is that perceived as the newest song? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right to me. I'm, I haven't double checked. But I mean, some of them, yeah, as you say, some of them, you don't even know when they're from. It's like 1800s question mark. You know, that's how old some of these are. If, if there's, a, if there, if you even know what a songwriter is, that makes it <laughs> fairly new. What I've enjoyed about diving into the covers, and other than tomorrow night, I don't know if, and probably sitting on top of the world, I don't think I've had any familiarity with any of the songs. So you know, even though they were a cover and I always knew it, it was kind of a Bob song. And so to all of a sudden hear all these versions and all these takes and the ones that predated him, it makes listening to the album. A little more fun and or, you know interesting to go back to it 
you know, you, you see what, what he was playing with and off of to make an album like this. I'm sure the first one I knew was Frog Went Accordant because I think we sang it in my kindergarten class. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure not the Dylan version, though. All right, well, let's dive in because there's a bunch of songs. So the first one is really one of these that has the most, probably the most Shaggy Dog story from an origin point of view. And I'm going to point out I'm using Song and Dance Man by Michael Gray largely as the uh, text for sourcing stuff. I'm not going to do too much of this detail today, but Michael, when he did Song and Dance Man Volume 3, really did the research. So anyone who wants to really understand which version and who did it and how many there were and all the dates should consult that book. And the Song and Dance Man book is really the Bible on, on this subject. But so Frankie and Albert is one of these songs that uh, the shots actually rang out on August, on October 15th, 1899. And it's a song that has three or four different names on different versions. The lyrics change maybe more dramatically across the versions than any of the other songs. And there's versions that as, as Michael points out, why and how that Dylan likely knew and had heard. One was on the Harry Smith anthology, which obviously was something Bob, Bob was familiar with. For my part of this list, I picked um, the Lead Belly version, which is a kind of a Library of Congress song from an album called Midnight Special. Generally, my list today is going to be source versions that Bob definitely did, clearly emulated, definitely knew or emulated. And, uh, your list that you've prepared is more out there, newer, not always newer, but more interesting alternate versions. We'll publish these lists, probably also the playlist that is just tons and tons of versions. People who just want to put it on random and listen in the background. But here is uh, Lead Belly doing Frankie and Albert. Frankie went down to the place called for a bottle of beer. As the loving bartender, loving maybe in my main called it Frank went by house, did not give no long. Luxury went in place, I went in his mama's home. In my main called it So that's one that you can hear that in Bob's version. You know, he's modernized it, but he's actually reasonably faithful to the song. What have you got on? Uh, I'll let you introduce your version. And I'll play a little bit of your uh, choice for that slot. Sure. So um, a lot of mine are newer. I think this first one, though, is the oldest I picked, albeit not lead belly old. Um, this is a version uh, by champion Jack Dupree and blues singer from New Orleans. Um, his version is called Frankie and Johnny. As you mentioned, there's a bunch of different uh, names. Comes from his 1959 debut album, Blues from the Gutter. Um, this one, I don't... Bob probably didn't model it off of. It doesn't sound much like Dylan's, but he does. He probably knew it because he's he's mentioned Champion Jack Dupree a few times in interviews, and this is probably his best known album. So I'd be surprised if Bob hadn't at least heard this version. Although, as you say, his version is a lot closer to the Lead Bellies uh, than this one is. This is a uh, a great a great version from what a lot of people call one of the best blues albums ever. Talking 
it's interesting what parts of the, that song stick in all the versions and where the story changes tend to be. Yeah, I think that's true for a few songs on here where he pulls different lyrics from different versions. In some cases, it seems like maybe he adds his own lyrics because you can't trace them to any other version. You know, he really is sort of, that's why it's interesting to play the which, what did he pick from where game because in most cases, it's not a direct line one and only one version so the next one is jim jones at botany bay and at least in my investigation this was the one that had the least kind of dynamic range in the versions um i think you're not allowed to be an irish singer without publishing a version of this song um judging from what's available um anyway the the one i picked is supposedly the the one bob did or would have known uh by a.l lloyd um, and uh, here is that version of Jim Jones at Botany Bay. Untag me tip before you ship to join the Iron Gang. Don't be too gay at Botany Bay, or else you'll surely hang. Or else you'll surely hang, says he, and after that Jim Jones. High upon the gallus tree, the crows'll pick your bones. You'll have no chance for mischief then, remember what I say. They'll flog the poaching out of you down there at Botany Bay. All right, so that's the, that's the source version of Jim Jones at Botany Bay, and uh, let's look at what you... So mine is is much more recent. It's from 2009, an Australian band called The Currency. Um, they uh, This song, say a lot of Irish people cover it. I think a lot of Australians cover it too because there was a pretty famous version I read in the 80s by a guy named Mick Slocum who was um, Australian. And this, this band did it in a 2009. Um, as you'll hear, it is not at all uh, similar to Bob's. It's not at all similar to any of the traditional versions. Um, my, the comparison I had was like Dropkick Murphys or Flogging Molly, those sort of bands that like take old Irish tunes and Irish sounds and punk them up a little. Um, and so that's what you get with uh, the Currencies version of Jim Jones. You get no chance for mischief there, remember what I say. They'll float the poaching out of you when you get to Botany Bay. The wind blew high upon the sea, the wind blew up in gales. I'd rather drown in misery than go to New South Wales. So next we have a song that, this is another one there are, there are quite a lot of versions and quite a few modern versions of um, Blackjack Davey or Blackjack David, as it is. Uh, I'm going to go to one of the old versions that certainly would have been something Bob knew, which is uh, the Carter family. How old are you, my pretty little miss? How old are you, my honey? She answered him with a silly smile. I'll be 16. Next Sunday, I'll be 16 next Sunday. So Dylan was actually taped in the early 60s doing the Gypsy Davy version, uh, Woody Guthrie style, which is, this is one of these songs that has multiple, multiple names and multiple times. Oh, that's, that taping was at the Gleason's in March of 1961. So this is one, he was uh, one of many on this album that it's very well known he was familiar with from his first days from his first days in New York. And tell us what you've got for Black Jack David. So sure. So you can keep that line going if you go from Carter family to Bob Dylan. 
You can also go from Bob Dylan to the White Stripes. This is one of, as I said, three songs that Jack White has covered. This is the one he's covered the most. The White Stripes played it a lot in concert, and they actually recorded a studio version as the B-side to uh, a single for a little song called Seven Nation Army. Needless to say, if you know the White Stripes, it does not sound much like Dylan or like the Carter. It'd be interesting to try to find out who had the most success for the cover of one of those. That may be that may be the winner. Yeah, I love that. I love that one. There's a whole fan compilation. I'm sure you can track down somewhere online of all the White Stripes covers of both Dylan songs, of which there were, of course, many in concert, but also of songs that they clearly got from Bob Dylan, learned from Bob Dylan. Um, that being one of them. I think it's called Megan, Jack, and Bob. It's like one of the great you know, bootleg compilations from the 2000s era. So next we have uh, Kennedy I.O., which is another older song, uh, 1929. There's a reference to a version here. But uh, a guy named Nick Jones put it out in 1980 on an album called Penguin Eggs. And the CD came out just a few months before Bob's uh, recording. And so the, the thought process is, and I guess the match or the feel of it, is that this is uh, what Bob heard when he sat down in his garage in uh, 92 to record it. Also a big fan of the uh, the Ten Thousand Maniacs version, as well as the um, John Wesley Harding. Wesley Stace has a very nice version of that as well. But there are there are a few dozen that are great. What did you find? Yeah, I um, the one I found. I think I don't. I couldn't figure out the origins, but I suspect it was inspired by the Ten Thousand Maniacs one because it it's a young Irish group called the Outside Track that covers traditional songs. Uh, this is one of them, but, you know, it's got a little bit of a poppy sort of sheen, um, especially compared to like, you know, Nick Jones or or something. So this is uh, the outside track uh, doing it from a 2015 album. So she's parking with a young sailor boy. It's all for a piece of gold. Trays and he's at I almost think I'm listening to a podcast on 1.5 speed there. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a few of these on my list where they take it and they uh, make it a lot, a lot faster. Blackjack Davey and a few, <laughs> a few others. Um, Warren Zevon, actually, I found a YouTube video at least once live. He performed 
performed it in, in Canada, naturally, uh, and it's pretty good. How do you keep up with everything that goes on in the world of Bob Dylan? Did you know that we offer a free newsletter called Seven Days that can land in your inbox every Sunday, delivering a prioritized and filtered list of the best news, links, new releases, tour info, photos, videos, and more? Visit us at freakmusic.substack.com to subscribe. So sitting on top of the world is next. And this is, uh, good as I've been to you, is not the first Bob Dylan released recording of this song, which is kind of cool. Um, in 1961, I think it was, uh, Bob got in the room with Big Joe Williams, who was recording the song for his own album and was asked to provide uh, harmonica and backing vocals. And I'm sure I heard this sometime before, but um, I don't remember it. Uh, it what's, what's cool is how clearly um, you can hear Bob. Have it a name, they know your name. Should I worry, cry your name. Now she gone, ain't gonna worry. Anyway, that's just some uh, fun historical trivia. Um, the version that Bob was informed by uh, for the Good As I've Been To You take is from the Mississippi Sheiks, a band that would come to uh, have even more influence over World Gone Wrong just a year, just a year later. What have you got for sitting on top of the world, Ray? So in this case, my version doesn't come that far after that Big Joe Williams session you played. This is by Jerry Reed, um, a 1969 album called Jerry Reed Explores Guitar Country. And I actually discovered this album via a Dylan connection. Um, a few years ago, the Country Music Hall of Fame had an exhibit called Bob Dylan and the Nashville Cats, uh, all about like the studio guys who played on Blonde on Blonde and some of those sessions whose nickname was the Nashville Cats. And they had like, I got, I got the, the program and it had like a bunch of other albums that the Nashville Cats had played on, you know, roughly around the same time. And this, this was one of them, Chet Atkins produced it if you look at the if you if you look at the you know credits and compare them to like some of those dylan albums from nashville you'll see a lot of the same players um so yeah i mean it's i don't know if bob literally had heard this version but it's certainly plausible um it's a great sort of up-tempo more up-tempo version than you know you usually hear this as a slow blues but i like jerry reed's kind of jumping country take on it and i don't worry Cause I'm sitting up here on top of the world, yeah. Jumping at your The Mississippi River is deep and wide.
didn't he turn out to uh, you know ride around in Trans Ams with Burt Reynolds in movies and stuff? Is that true? I didn't know that. Is that the same Jerry Reed? I hope so. That's all we have time for on this episode, but here's a few clips from the songs discussed in the extended version. Check out the playlists in the show notes. Did you enjoy this show? Then please rate this podcast and leave a review. It really helps. And take a moment to follow this podcast so you don't miss upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>